You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And today we are here with Seth Fox. He is the curator of musing at Blue Barn. Seth, welcome to our little podcast. Welcome. Hi, hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And I know that yeah. this is a holiday, so thank you for taking your holiday day <laughs> yeah. to talk to us. The last day Yeah, of the happy year. new year. Thank you. Happy new year to you. Great way to thank celebrate you. it, to talk about theater. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you have put together and are continuing to put together a, a I guess you call it a, a, a series of, mm-hmm. um, of podcasts, well, I'll let you explain it, called Musing. Right. So it's, uh, it's a live storytelling series, actually, okay. at the Blue Barn. Okay. And we're doing four this season. It's part of their, uh, their happenings series. So these okay. aren't um, uh, necessarily like main stage events. Uh, they are um, like, I know one of their, one of their happenings is a pop-up event um Ooh. and then musing is uh is is a quarterly gathering a free quarterly gathering um so yeah we have four different shows planned this year we've already got one under our belt and one coming up in january wow so you've already done one in october that's out there and it's called music movies and me yes how mm-hmm. did that go so that was during the pandemic as well so you had to make some changes for that one it went so well it, it basically what happened was, you know, uh, uh, Susan Clement and I, Susan from the Blue Barn and I, mm-hmm. sat down last summer and I pitched this idea to her. I said, hey, you're familiar with The Moth? I think she was kind of familiar with The Moth. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm a huge fan of The Moth, which is its own storytelling series, of mm-hmm. course, on NPR. I said to her, I said, you know, I have this idea that, you know, we, we pick these themes and then we bring people from the community in and they're going to tell stories based on these themes. These are true stories, one night only events, five to six people rehearsed, of course, prepared, you know, mm-hmm. not just talking off the cuff. Right. And I, I really think people will come and I really think, you know, people will connect and she said, yeah, great. Really spoke to her. She said, yeah, great. Let's do it. So we put out a call with our full season lined up. You know, we put out, we put out a call for storytellers. We, we, we posted the season, all four themes, because each event has its own theme. An email address where you could pitch your theme to. And then we waited. And the pitches started coming in. Slowly started coming in. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I had to tap a couple of shoulders of a couple of people you know, being being connected with the theater community here in Omaha, I tapped a couple of people on the shoulder that I thought would really excel at this. I said, hey, are you interested? And of course they were. They were also familiar with the moth. There's really nothing like this happening in Omaha, as far mm. as I know of. Not the um, so they yeah. were, Yeah, so people were eager to do it. You know, they always wanted to do it. They were eager to do it. And that's how it started. Mm. Had half a dozen people and jumped in and did it. And I think the couple weeks before, we had about, 25 reservations by the end of that week we were we were full and we we were on a waiting list people were hungry for this yeah Yeah. it was very very um satisfying the turnout was great that's Mm -hmm. great and i like that you have it available for people to listen to after the fact 
as well. Yeah, Bill Kirby uh, at the at the, the Blue Barn, he approached me and after the first event and said, hey, what do you think about doing a podcast? Putting this together for a podcast. I said, yeah, great, let's do it. And so, yeah, we're putting that out now too yeah, after each event. That's great, so yeah. people can catch up. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. If you can't join a live mm-hmm. event, you can listen to it later. And uh, right. I, I, I've noticed, and I don't, I don't know whether it's just me just noticing for the first time or but the this whole uh, sort of storytelling type of setup seems to be more popular than it used to be. And I don't know whether it's just because it, we have such easy access to be able to do this. It's so easy mm-hmm. for you to be able to just record this and put it on the internet. Like, mm-hmm. no, no problem right. now. Right. And right. just like it's so easy for us just to do a podcast. Yeah. You, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's... Maybe that's it, or I don't know. But I don't know. I think I love it. I think it's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. There's this really special. I I I started doing these uh, myself back in Phoenix. So it's kind of a it's kind of a long story short story thing. But sure, I discovered two podcasts back in 2010. I started taking these these long power walks. These were kind of this was like my 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 meditation time. Yeah. And I discovered two podcasts, This American Life and The Moth. Okay. And what they have in common is, of course, is each episode is, is based on a theme, of course. And then they highlight, you know, true stories, human interest stories based on that theme. And uh, This American Life takes more of a journalistic approach. And The Moth actually has the people who lived these stories telling these stories in front of a live audience. Yeah. And that really appealed to me. Yeah. You know, I've always been a fan of documentaries. Um, I, uh, I, I just have this, 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 this desire to hear other people's stories and life experiences. I'm a much better listener, you know, and and anyway, so when I, when I moved to Phoenix, um, I was there for a few years, there was, there was some definite turbulence in my life, in my personal life. And in a matter of just a couple of years, there was some tremendous loss. I got very, very stuck in my head to a fault. You know, I've always kind of been, you know, a, a thinker. Yeah. But this was to a fault. And one of my outlets back in the day was always, hey, I'm just going to do a show. I'm going to lose myself in the land of make-believe. Mm-hmm. You know, I can put aside reality for just a couple of hours a night and play make-believe, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have that pull or that desire. And then I started working for a company, for a mail-order brownie company over, over, uh, over Christmas. Uh, I was a, a seasonal employee. And they were the corporate sponsors of... Arizona Storytellers, which is a a moth sort of, you know, uh, show, right? And I thought, you know, you know, this, this, this could be good for me. I've I've always wanted to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I'm just going to try this. And I did one and I got hooked (laughs) and it was finally, I felt like I was, I was getting out of my head. I was telling stories about my own life and my own perceptions. I was processing through things and it was therapeutic and Mm -hmm. I didn't see that coming, Mm -hmm. you know, at all. Mm -hmm. Really? And okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just didn't see it coming. I thought, I I, I thought this is just, you know, uh, like the first theme that I did was about, uh, was work stories. I went in and told this, this work story, this, this funny work story. And it was when I was preparing for that, I thought, wow, there was, there was a lot happening in my life that was informing this story. And some of that is feeding into, of course, you know, the decisions I made during that experience. And now my perceptions after, I don't know, everything just kind of came full circle and clicked and made for an even better story. Well, what I noticed was that 
the connection I was making with the audience, what other people were making with the audience during these stories mm -hmm. was you could feel the vibe in the room, you know, yeah. this connection between the storyteller and their audience. Yeah. And there's no podium, there's no paper, there's nothing blocking that exchange. Mm -hmm. But then you can also feel the connection within the audience. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it, You have to really experience it. Yeah, but I knew really it was open. very special. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I knew it was very special. That is. And I did a few of them, and then I, I moved back here and presented the idea to Susan, and oh, here yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're creating that at the Blue Barn. Yeah. It's so interesting that you talk about um, coming up with this idea in your meditative walking. Can, mm -hmm. it, and it's so funny because I was listening to a podcast this morning because obviously we're all very audio <laughs> we, that we are on this podcast today. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she was talking about a book called Walking Meditation by John Kabat-Zinn um, mm. called Wherever You Go, There You Are. And it's it's kind of about that. Is that something that you do on a on a normal basis that you've learned to do that helps you? Or how did you yeah. come up with that? Yeah, absolutely. Going 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 for these long walks... It not only helps me to decompress, it not only uh, is good exercise, uh, you know, it's not only like good cardio and all of that, but it also, I put in my earbuds, I, I listen to, the, to, to a podcast, I listen to, uh, uh, you know, music, sometimes just so people won't bother me, I don't listen to anything. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. have my earbuds in yeah. oh and gosh. let people assume I don't want to be bothered. And I can totally relate. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But I can just go through and it's almost like I work out the logistics of things in my life that are happening or you know, whatever, whatever it, 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 it might be. You know, mm -hmm. that walk helps me to get there. It, it, it clears the fog in the static yeah. and I can get laser focused on whatever is happening Isn't that in my neat? life or in my world. Because yeah. we all have creative blocks. So it's really uh -huh. good to learn good, you know, other tools to be able to, mm -hmm. to get past that. Absolutely. So neat. Absolutely. So how great. We, you know, we as Omaha are really honored to be able to have you come and bring the storytelling experience back to Omaha. That's kind of how we ended up with Fringe. Mm -hmm. So it's so mm -hmm. neat. Now we have a storytelling series and, and you brought that experience back from Phoenix. Yeah, I, I, I was really, it was funny because when I first moved back here in 2018, you know, we clearly we didn't get this, this project started until 2021. When I moved back here in 2018, I remember talking to my mom one night on the phone and uh, well, but to back up when I first moved back, uh, within the first couple of weeks, I, uh, a few people reached out and said, hey, we're doing a show. We, we, we need a guy. We need a body. Are you interested? And I, I wasn't. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I politely declined. Uh, but again, I, I, that didn't stop me from being a creative person or wanting to express myself creatively. And so I, I said to my mom one night, I said, you know, I wanted to do this storytelling thing. I really think Omaha is is ripe for that. I think that there are just so many amazing stories to be told mm -hmm. um so why not why not do it well then you know three years later we, we we finally did it i had i had been cast in in a chorus line at the blue barn I, I finally felt that bug to get back on stage but i was always doing musical theater before but i had vocal problems and so i just i i stopped doing musical theater Fair but enough. the part of zach in a chorus line he's the director non-singing non-dancing yeah 
you know awesome. he's just this voice in the in the in the back of the theater yeah. you know and i thought hey this could work yeah and i'd never done a show at the blue barn or worked with susan before so so we started doing that show and then of course the pandemic shut everything down yeah yeah and so we never we never staged it right but uh but she she said, I remember she said in an email post or in an email to the cast or maybe in a social media post, if you all have anything creative that you're thinking of, anything that you would like to stage or, or a project that you would like to pursue, let me know. Yeah. You know, and it took me about a year, but I finally did. Yeah. I no. finally went through with this idea. And, you know, and here we are. That's so here neat. Here we are. No. And, yeah. And we can totally relate. We we also feel on the podcast there's a lot of great stories out there for people to tell. And I think even just people who want to get into theater and don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, when they hear, they hear these type of stories and they listen to the mm-hmm. podcast and talk to people who are doing it, then they realize mm-hmm. that there's a place for them. And I think a lot of times Absolutely. people don't think there's a place. So. Well, you know, the, and and the thing that's really interesting, I think that that I guess to better explain what we do, what musing does is, is yes, these are, these are, this is a storytelling series. Each event, each one night only event has its own theme, like, like we mentioned, but this isn't like, you know, Pappy sitting down by the fire whittling and, you know, telling you about, you know, in his day, that kind of thing. Uh, You know what I mean? These are, these are, these are, are friends and neighbors and coworkers and people who they're not actors. Mm-hmm. They're not even, some of them even seasoned public speakers. Okay. These are people with life experiences who clearly feel comfortable enough to get up in front of a room full of strangers and bear their souls yes. and tell a story about their, about their lives. About themselves, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, there's, no, there's no acting in, involved. Uh, we're not, the storytellers are, are coached to resist the temptation to play to the audience, mm. um, okay. to make it to make it in any way theatrical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very simple approach. There's a microphone, there's a spotlight, there's a storyteller, and there's a really good story about to be told. Yeah. And that's it. It's so basic. And so for 15 minutes, people get to sit back and listen to this everyday person mm-hmm. in their own clothes, in their own skin, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, telling them a story about, about their life. And talking it's, and talking like a regular cool. person would would talk. Yeah, yeah. correct. Very yeah. conversational. Not, not yep. Again, it's all very rehearsed. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's rehearsed. It's it's prepared. It's all of that. Right. But it's still genuine, mm-hmm. and it's in yes. their voice and their words. Yeah. Yeah, it's a presentation. It's not a performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think it was Carrie, uh, her she, who has such an amazing voice. She did a little <sighs> bit of singing in hers, and I was just like, okay, you can, you can keep singing some more of that if, you, mean, if you'd like. You have <laughs> such a good. I even told her. Voice. <laughs> I told her when when we were doing our coaching sessions because each storyteller gets we do two workshopping sessions or coaching sessions where you know we sit down, we go over their story, we fine tune it. You know, we, we, we finesse it, we give, we give feedback and all of that. And during hers, you know, when we discovered that there was an opportunity for her to sing the Lutheran doxology, yeah. I, I told her, I said, you know, I said, you, you can sing to me anytime you want. That's actually one of my favorite parts <laughs> of doing this with you is that I get to hear you sing. Yes. She really does have quite she, a gift. She really does. She really yeah. does. Yeah. And it's a good story, right? It's, it's a great it's a good story. story. Yeah. yeah. I really, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and now you've got more coming up. So you're you're coming into themes with with every single event that you're having, right? Um, yes. 
And so now you're mm-hmm. looking for, for people to fit into those themes. So how, how is that? Right. Or do you already have it so, planned out? <laughs> so the, here's, here's the deal, is that when we very first put out that first call, you know, we, like I said, we, we, we put out our season and I got like a handful of, of emails or pitches for the, for the first event, music, movies, and me. I got one for our upcoming event. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Our third event, Life and Death, just this tidal wave yeah. of pitches. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just this, I mean, so many pitches. Our, our fourth event, Home, we got a few too. And so we hadn't, you know, filled, you know, the season with storytellers. Mm-hmm. But then after the first event, and then I did uh, an interview uh, with, with the local NPR, KIOS, then more pitches started coming in. Nice. You know? Yeah. Right. And it's a great problem to have because now we have all of these pitches mm-hmm. and we just have to select, go through them and select which ones are going to be the most fitting, you mm-hmm. know, for that, sure. for that evening. For that mm-hmm. um, it's exciting. It's a great, it's a great problem to have, to have too many pitches, yeah. you know? Uh, and yeah. well, that's your audience, the being able mm-hmm. to get on KIOS. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is it was very really, helpful. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. it really was. They're a really yeah. helpful Listening station for sure. Yeah, listen very. to what thought. Yes, all right. Yeah. So, but if somebody wanted to pitch, there, I noticed that all of that is on the Blue Barns website. Your email, mm-hmm. I think, and a phone number to to pitch an idea to you. Yeah. Right. If somebody wants to pitch an idea, they. It's okay. So here's the deal. So with our with our first season, of course, we had we had all the the themes picked out and put out there, and and you know pitch pitch to those themes based on those themes. And people do want to pitch based on those themes. We are still looking for pitches for home for the last event, but they can email musingomaha at gmail.com to have their pitches considered. But I also want to make sure that people know that even if their story doesn't fit, you know, one of the four themes, mm-hmm. and you, but you still have a great story to tell, pitch it. Yeah. Who knows? We may create a night based around you know, similar stories based on that theme. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah. um, people can pitch whatever they want. As long as it's a great story, we're going to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of hoping that if we do do this for a second season, that we can determine this, the season and the themes of that season based off of whatever pitches we've gotten, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. So kind of let the pitches determine the season. I'm kind of hoping that happens. See, yeah. now I can't help thinking in my head. I'm like, gosh, if I were to tell a story... <laughs> What there you was, go. I, I know. I, I, I'm already. Because it doesn't sh- have to be about theater. No, no, Although, it doesn't. No. There was some that were kind of in that that genre. We had, bit, but... yeah, we had some theater folk in that in that first one, of course. Mm-hmm. And you know, the arts music is, of course, going to really, really speak to theater people in particular yeah. for for whatever reason. Sure. It doesn't have to be about theater. In fact, none of our themes are specifically about that. Well, music, right. movies, and me, of course. But mm-hmm. but yeah, anybody can get up and tell a story. Anybody. Yeah. Anybody can. We encourage anybody from any walk of life, you know, to do it. Yeah. I mean, if mm-hmm. we've all learned life lessons, yeah. which one do you choose? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, right. and, and, and speaking of stories, how did you ultimately get involved in the performing arts? How did you start out? Yeah, I mean, you didn't start out doing the storytelling thing. I'm assuming no. you got theater sucked you in at some point, or yeah, when, yeah. When did that I come happen? from a very long line of of musicians and artists in my family. My great grandparents were immigrants from from Czechoslovakia, and my grandfather, my great grandfather Joe, had a polka band, 
in the Excellent. 40s and the 50s. Excellent. Yeah, actually right up until the 60s. And they traveled all over the Midwest. They played every circuit, every dance hall, music hall circuit. Mm-hmm. He's even on the, the Wall of Fame at, at the Sokol. Excellent. But it was, it was amazing. So music was always part of part of my, my life. Yeah. And then my grandmother, my mom's mom, she was, she was a vocalist, had her own radio show back in the, the I want to say the 40s. And my mom, of course, had a the a theatrical bug. And so it was just kind of always around me. And then I discovered, this is so funny, you guys, but it's God's honest <laughs> truth. Then I discovered the musical Annie when I was a kid. Oh, okay. And I'd never heard little kids sing that way. Oh. I mean, these were little kids who really had pipes and they had this thing called yeah. a vibrato and they were, mm-hmm. and all of that. And it was easy to sing along. And that's kind of where, where my desire to be on stage come from, came from. Of course, I wasn't ever going to be an orphan in, in Annie, but <laughs> it, it broadened my horizons and I discovered the world of musical theater. And so I did children's theater and then I got involved in theater in middle school and high school oh, wow. and then college and then, and then community theater. And then it brought me to Omaha and I started doing shows at the Playhouse and toured with a caravan. And yes. it was just, yeah, yeah it was just my, it was just my caravan. life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It just, but it all started, of course, you know, the, the soundtrack to Annie. Wow. I have to say. Wow. I know. And you didn't I even know. necessarily see it. You just had the soundtrack. I think no, that's wonderful. Just had the soundtrack. Annie, yeah. when I got bit by the theater bug in, in uh, high school, Annie was the very first production I ever did. Really? Yes, I was I was the guy who pushed FDR around. I had Lewis Howe. <laughs> and that was me. I had like three lines. Uh, yeah, and uh, and and the, and the guy I pushed around is the guy, uh, lifelong friend who I'm still friends with, and, and in a group today, uh, the guy. Wow. <laughs> so yes, we both indeed. played Bob Cratchit, yes. and Annie is also sort of a pivotal moment yeah, in your Annie, life. Annie was I a mean. big deal. Yeah. Wow. I, yes, the songs will never leave my head. <laughs> Ever. Never. Yeah. 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 That's wonderful. So you're originally from Arizona then. So No, actually I grew up in Grand Island. Oh, okay. So you do have a Nebraska connection. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in Grand Island and then I I moved to Omaha in two thousand. Um I was pursuing a, a career as a singer-songwriter at the time. Um, worked really, really hard doing that. Had some very, very minor success doing that. And then one day a friend of mine said, hey, you know, the Dundee Dinner Theater is doing this show. That's when the Dundee Dinner Theater was still around. Yeah. They're doing this show and they need guys. Are you interested? And I said, you know, I hadn't done a show in ages. And I thought, yeah, yeah, sure. What is it? He said, well, it's a show called Pageant. And I said, okay, tell me more about it. He said, well, it's a beauty pageant. And all the parts are played by men, and they're all in drag. Woohoo! <laughs> and I thought, tell okay. me more. All right. Yeah. And so it really is. It really is that. It is a beauty pageant. It has all of the uh, the categories. It has swimsuit. It does have swimsuit. It right. has talent. It has all of these things. But each night has a different ending because the audience gets to judge it. They get to vote. Oh wow! They get to vote. And so you have to plan for five or six different endings. And that any one of those is... could happen any given night. Oh, wow. oh my God. It was <laughs> so much fun. That sounds, that yes, that sounds like a hell of a lot of fun. It was so much fun. Although I will tell you, I, I, you always think you're going to be prettier than you are in drag. <laughs> well, at least that, that was my experience. I, wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. She was, she was not what I expected. I played Miss oh. Deep South, and she was not... She did not. She was not what I expected, but it was a ton of fun. 
and then I just started doing doing theater around town after that. You know, you just start meeting people and yeah. you want to do this show or let's audition for this show. And yeah, Find it became a, a lifestyle, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Boy, I'll, yes. t- I'll tell you, I went to the Miss Oklahoma contest when I lived in Oklahoma. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I was so impressed. How oh, this looked. was a drag pageant. You were at a drag like, pageant. Yeah, I was just. Oh, right on. I was just absolutely blown away oh, by yeah. how yeah. good they looked. I was like, wow. I know. She looks better than me ever. <laughs> that much makeup on me. You still. It's a craft. It is a craft. <laughs> oh, and I, I really, I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race, and the only, the only drag queens I had ever seen were like, uh, like at the max, like at a, at a, at a bar, and it was. <laughs> It was maybe a couple of numbers, and they, they collected you know dollar bills, and they they lip synced, and that was great, yeah. and they were entertaining. But then I saw RuPaul's Drag Race, and I thought, this people make a living doing this. Oh yeah, they do. It's like I, a thing, and it's yeah. an art form. <laughs> Incredible. I was, I was so impressed. Yeah. I mean, it just yeah. takes so much, so much work. It's definitely oh, a craft. So much do a yeah. dedication and preparation and all of that. And so, for, yeah. how long did you have to dress up? How long did you have to learn <laughs> yeah, how, how to do that? How long did it take you to, yeah, to change? Oh, my God. Well, I knew nothing about makeup. I knew nothing about any of that. I, I just, <laughs> I, I just, you learn as you go. But sure. again, I kind of looked, looked like a, a, a brick with lipstick and a wig. I mean, it just, she was not, she was not pretty. Aww. But, but she did a talent competition talent her, my town miss deep south's talent portion was a salute to dixie with puppets and <laughs> so we had you know grandma on the right hand and grandpa on the left hand and then miss deep south was herself you know manipulating it. and it was there was a musical number where i had to do all three different voices and the tempo got faster and faster and faster and it was just it was just such a thrill to play mm-hmm. her but preparing for her i had to learn how to walk in heels, yep. you have to learn, you know, oh, to cinch all of that. Oh my God, <laughs> it, can, it can be painful at times, but it was, yeah, it took it took at least a couple of hours a night to look as good as I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, yeah, I love yeah, it. that's awesome. Yeah, it really was a lot of fun. It really was. Oh, man. So I like that. Yeah. And that's that that that's cool. That open format where anything, you know, all the you know mm-hmm. five mm-hmm. six different endings. Ah, so much fun. Ah, well, so and that's fun. and that's that's one of the things too about about the storytelling I events is you have you never know what to expect. You know, each of the each of the tellers looks at the theme, and then they each riff on that theme in their own yeah, way. Yeah. And some of them some of them it's 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 a it's a it's a metaphorical approach to the theme. Others it is a literal approach to the theme. Okay. And so you never know where these stories are going to take you. Everybody's coming and at it from their own angle. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so fascinating is that, you know, again, each each teller touches on the theme in his or her own way. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just it's just so surprising. You know, I, there 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 are some of the stories that I think I would never have thought that that would fit that theme, or there there have been, but it does. And then there are a couple of other pitches I've gotten where I. I've said to the teller, you know, I think this is a, a this story. I think mm-hmm. that I think your story fits this theme. Mm-hmm. And as we have a larger conversation about it, you know, we discover that yeah, there are so many other possibilities. The true the true story is in maybe this one detail, you know, yeah. that that they didn't even consider uh, was uh, could could be a focal point. You know, sure, sure, but it is because they're so yeah. close to it, and then somebody else exactly looks at it and goes, oh no, this is. Exactly. This is what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the audience gets to make those conclusions on their own too. That's yeah. you know. 
That's yeah. Cool. yeah, it really is. It really is. Oh, it's very neat. special. I'm, well, yeah. I'm really excited for you. What a, what a neat project has just really taken off. So It really has. And you, it really has. So you've got yeah. your next... We're about three weeks away from our next event. Yeah. What's that? I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, I was going where you were going. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, in, uh, January, January 19th. Yes. <laughs> yeah. January so. 19th. Uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. These storytellers. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, where you go into a situation and you do, you have the best of intentions and then these unforeseen circumstances, you know, mm-hmm. uh, surface. And we have four absolutely wonderful stories for absolutely wonderful storytellers each of them take their own path on this theme and it's just what a joy it is you know to work with these people because these are just interesting people even outside of the stories that they're telling these are really interesting people that i am loving getting to know and you do make a very uh deep personal connection during these coaching and workshopping sessions because you know, we're talking about a personal experience in their life. Um, but some of the stories are just hilarious. And even some of the more intense stories where the subject matter is a little more intense, have those moments of levity that allows us to breathe and to laugh. Yeah. And yeah. also see like, you know, the human side of one another, mm-hmm. you know, you find ways to get through stuff. Sometimes you find reserves you didn't even know you had, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's largely through humor, you know, I, I've I found. Yeah, I, I would think it'd be really interesting for how you go about coaching someone when you don't really know the the whole story. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more behind it. Have mm-hmm. you found that to be a challenge at all on on how you coach someone into that? Or, um, you know, what I've found is that the storytellers that that I've worked with so far, um, they have either told these stories in their heads enough, or maybe even at a party, or they've written it down. Uh, enough that they're 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 pretty they're they're pretty focused and and uh, and you know well versed I guess uh, you know prepared coming into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is during these coaching sessions when when I'm providing feedback and I, there's another coach, Andy Dillahay. He was one of our storytellers for the first event, but he's also helping coaching with this one now. Um, where you know uh, as 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 we said earlier, you know something will occur to us that 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 either has never occurred to the storyteller or hasn't occurred to them for a very long time. Um, and sometimes it does touch on a very deeply personal, uh, you know, uh, moment in their lives or within the story. And we just allow them to determine the comfort zone, how much they want to share or not share, how personal they want to get or not get. Right. It's a safe space mm-hmm. to be as open and vulnerable as, as you're comfortable being, mm-hmm. you know? Neat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's neat. Well, I yeah. really look forward to all of these. So you've got one um, also scheduled for April, April 13th, Life and Death, and Home mm-hmm. on June 15th. They're all on a Wednesday night at 730. They are all on a Wednesday night. They are yeah. all free. Uh, yeah. One night only. Um, and all just... You know, we're, we're starting to prepare. We're going to start preparing and coaching the next group of storytellers in late January. Um, okay. And so we're still sort of looking at pitches for that one because we have so many, like I said, for life and death. And we were talking earlier, mm. life and death has really brought out the pitches. Yeah. Mm. And it goes back to this being such a therapeutic experience. People need to talk about, yeah. about their experiences, especially when it comes to 
yeah. to life and death starts mm-hmm. and stops all of that yeah um and so uh there's a, there's going to be a special sensitivity we need to be able to to apply to those sessions and to when we're you know picking the pitches and all of that um but you know i just have to say i think i think we've we we've we've we found i think why this is so important is that we found ourselves as as a society we've we found ourselves kind of in a, in a position where in my opinion we've stopped listening to each other mm-hmm. it's all about it's not about listening or i don't even think compromising is the right word it's it's about right and wrong uh, i'm right you're wrong yes uh it's about winning um, and losing yeah yeah winning and losing the stakes are always so high yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah. and 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 it doesn't really seem like there's there's any room anymore to just listen and find find a connection through listening yeah you know mm-hmm. and really reconnect with one another and i think the pandemic had played into that too where mm-hmm. there was just so much distancing um for very good reasons of course yes but mm-hmm. you know now i think it's important to reconnect and i th- more important than ever yeah to connect with one another and this it happens with this yeah. you know yes. it happens in that space and in that in that short window of time where you put down your device you turn off you know the news and you just listen right you know, mm-hmm. and just allow yourself to get lost in that experience. Right. We've we've kind of forgotten how to do that, I think. Yeah, I've been I've been shocked at the people that simply won't podcast. I don't mm. get it. I I, really? I enjoy listening. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess you have to in, enjoy listening. And I Absolutely. Kind, I kind of worry. Yeah. You know, I came from hospice, and seeing the people who have lost family members during this pandemic and weren't able to grieve. And weren't able to have funerals and things like that. I kind of wonder, you know, how, they're going to have to find that outlet. Like, where, right. where do they find that outlet and, mm-hmm. and, and feel like people are there for them, you know? And maybe it's, in, maybe it's in storytelling. I just, I can't imagine having to put, I think going through that experience where you're not able to have that, put a period at the end of that sentence, have a formal goodbye, have, yeah. have, um, you know, a funeral, a, a, a memorial service, a celebration of life, to be able to go through the rituals of grief yeah. because everything's on pause. I yeah. can't even imagine what that must be like. No, I, I can't either. But that was the impetus for me to get involved in storytelling was I had to, I was, like I said, I was working through so much personal loss. I had to find a way, a chink in that armor, I guess, yeah. to to start expressing myself again, but in a safe space, but still be able to be vulnerable and, and speak my truth and be be honest, but in a, in a safe space where people would just listen. Right. The last thing you need in those situations, as you guys probably know, is any sort of advice. Yes. I know yeah. people have the best yeah. of intentions. Yes, yes. yes people, they do. People really... who should all over you. Yes. <laughs> oh, right. You should. Yes. You should. You should. Uh, yeah. Can't stand and you know it. what? I have no just patience listen. for it. Just listen no. to me yeah. <laughs> All I do when 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 I'm trying to 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 when I just want to be heard or just 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 want somebody to listen, and somebody starts jumping in again with the best of intentions to try to help, I start shutting down. Yeah. Like yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? Like right. I just yeah mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I I I'm afraid if I get into the middle of a sentence that of something I really want to express and I get interrupted, it's just. Is it being, you know, devalued or diminished right. in some way? It kind of feels that way. Right. And yeah. with this, with musing, you know, those 15 minutes as a storyteller, those are yours. You know, 
you have an audience for 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, speak, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of, it's, it's therapeutic. I guess that's what they do in therapy, right? Usually hold something. I don't know. Yeah. Usually hold hmm. something when the person is talking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's time. right, the little baton or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, 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 like the conch. You know, who's got the conch? That's you know, right, you, 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 you have the floor. You That's know, right. you have the floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love yeah. it. Well, yeah. we are so, so appreciative of being able to talk to you about this yes. and letting oh, well, other people you. hear more about it. Yeah, and again, we're 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 still looking for pitches. I hope people feel brave enough to to send a pitch. I love reading them. We consider all of them. And again, uh, I would love to be able to base a season or or a night or a theme just based solely on on the pitches that 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 we've gotten. I even foresee a night where there is no specific theme, where it's just a grab bag of stories, you know, yeah, on a variety of themes, right? Because sure. then the audience doesn't know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. that's what true. What are you going to get? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You could always right. do that. That's a great idea. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's a potluck. That's it right. is a potluck. <laughs> if you're lucky, that's you great. get a pot. I like <laughs> that. Pot yeah. Potluck. So thank you guys for, for helping me to get, to get the word out. Oh, because uh, I really think to experience it is, you know, you're just, people are just going to fall in love with it. I think so. I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm. I've always been a big fan uh, growing up of uh, radio and radio shows, and this is it's it's all the same. It's podcasts, radio, and 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 yeah. I think the podcast format has kind of helped sort of the return of the radio show a little more, and and I agree. And, and, and and allows this kind of thing mm-hmm. to be more accessible and and to happen more. People are doing more things like this, yeah. and I and yeah. I love it. I love it. I yeah. Love so do it. I. I'm a huge fan of, of old radio shows too. I thoroughly agree with you. I think that that this is just such a special medium. Yes. And um, yeah. And if people would just, you know, people who won't podcast, like 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 you were saying, Sherry, yes. I don't get it. It's just radio. Find, <laughs> yeah. It, find yeah. one that right. Yeah. Find one that might interest you and, and listen to one episode. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, best of luck, and I hope that we can talk to you again and find out what what you're coming up with in your next round and all of that. I would, would love, love that. to circle back and for sure and talk to you. I would love that. And I hope you guys can come yes. to, to one of the events. Yes, we, I would love to come to one of the events. Yeah. For sure. We've, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, we've got a lot of interest already in this in this next one. And, mm. uh, again, it's free, but we encourage reservations simply because seating is limited. And then especially now with this next wave, the Omicron, right. um, mm-hmm. you know, strain, we're, of course, being very, very cognizant and very sensitive to social distancing and all of that and whatever right. needs to happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Such a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, Seth Box. Thank you, too, you, you guys. Thank so you much. so much. Yeah. Thank you. Very nice Thank to you. talk to you. And uh, I guess best of luck, break legs on this coming season of music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. The next musing storytelling live events are It Seemed Like a Good Idea at the Time. Stories about the best of intentions and unforeseen consequences will be held January 19th at 7.30 p.m. Life and Death, stories about starts and stops, beginnings and endings, renewal and letting go, will be held April 13th at 7.30 p.m. And Home, stories about where we came from, where we end up, and where we fit in will be held June 15th at 7.30 p.m. All events will be held 
at the Blue Barn Theater at 1106 South 10th Street in Omaha. And you can follow Musing on its own Instagram page at Musing Omaha. You can also follow them on Facebook and at the Blue Barn website at bluebarn.org. The events will be recorded and available through the Blue Barn website and podcast outlets. And watch this space as we will be bringing you more about Musing. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.